You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Let's talk Reds baseball. Uh, I'm Dave Raymond with Mark Sheldon of Reds.com. And, Mark, I was, I was looking at Reds.com the other day. You wrote a, a nice piece about J.J. Hoover, and it got me to thinking. Uh, let's kind of do some, some bold predictions, if you will, uh, okay. for this upcoming season. So put your feet to the flame, see how you do. Uh, Hoover, let's, let's assume – we can assume for the sake of this question that he'll be the closer. Uh, could he save more games in 2016 than a role this Chapman saved last season, which was 33? Or for that matter, if it's not J.J. Hoover, can somebody in a red uniform save more than 33 games this coming year? That's a good question. Uh, I, I agree. I think it's possible because, you know, even in the bad years, Closers can come in and compile saves. It's kind of a, a number you, you can compile. That you, you know, if you have a nobody on base and a three-run lead, it's a save. So it's why it's not the greatest predictor as far as how you rate a reliever. But uh, you know, Chapman didn't get a lot of chances to get saves last year because the team was behind so much, and that's really going to determine whether Hoover gets a lot of saves if he's the closer. It's a job he certainly wants. But you know, you figure if they can win 60 to 65 or 70 games next season, that he might get a chance to save 30 or 35 of them. That at least gives him an opportunity to get in that, in that area code. So I, I wouldn't rule it out entirely, but uh, certainly they're going to have their hands full. The, the big thing is, of course, they have a troubled bullpen, and it's still under construction. They have to make sure they can find a guy that can get them from the, uh, through the starter to the bridge guys to the, to the closer to even stuff, give them a save opportunity. And that was what killed the, the Reds last year. They couldn't use Chapman enough. Okay, so you, uh, you'll go yes on the I'll go yes. I'll go why not. Saves. Yes, over 33 saves for J.J. Hoover. I love it. I love Put it. Put me down. <laughs> well, you know, you, you mentioned in there, you know, hey, look, if they win 60, 65 games, somebody, you know, you got a potential save in a lot of those. Uh, so that begs the question. You just do the math, right? They're hovering right in that 100-loss territory, and I think a lot of people would expect that they'll be in that range. Will this team lose 100 or more games this year? Yeah, I think it's. I think 100 is a good number to look at. Now, I will say this: they've only lost 100 once in the entire franchise history, which was 1982. I believe they lost 101 games, and that team was was pretty horrible. Uh, people in Cincinnati remember the names like Dan Billadero and Wayne Krenchicki and Paul Householder, and those are, those guys were not strong. Uh, members of the uh, the post-Big Red Machine era. And the Reds maybe are starting off from a little bit of a better area. You know, they have Joey Votto, who's certainly a, a marketable and bankable production guy. And then you have guys like uh, Devin Mazzarocco coming back and Zach Cozart and, and, and things like that. But the pitching staff is so unproven and has a lot to, to come back from after last season that it's going to be awfully hard for those guys to support what's, what goes on, whatever happens offensively. So I, I think 100 losses is certainly – uh, one, I, w- I would be safe putting my name on. You know, think about that. You, you're talking about two teams in the division now, too, because Milwaukee could easily be in that conversation of 100 losses. You know, last year, the, the Central almost had three 100-win teams, and, and, and this year yeah. you're looking at the possibility of two 100-loss teams. That's just insane. And it, and it does seem to me that the 100-loss mark has lost a lot of the um, negative connotation, if you will, because it's part of a rebuilding plan anymore. It is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, 
they're going to have to play the, the Pirates, Cubs, and, and Cardinals about approximately 60 times, uh, you know, rounding upward. And, and that is uh, – that's certainly a lot to ask. I don't think they're going to go 0-60 against those guys, of course. I mean, they're going to win a fair share of those games. But it's uh, – yeah, they're going to definitely have their work cut out for them. It's, it's going to be very hard. And, it, and other teams like the, like the Phillies are going to go through this and the Brewers, like you said – and I, I, the word isn't tanking so much, but it is rebuilding. And, and teams are looking to get draft picks and develop the guys in the major league level. And that's what the Reds are doing. And, uh, yeah, put, put me down for 100. Yeah, yeah, fine line between those, those two words, rebuilding and tanking. But that's yes, the point. It is. Um, so, so what about this? You know, we've talked about it in the past. Opening day, will Brandon Phillips be in a Reds uniform? I would say yes. Um, nothing has shown me that there's a deal in the works to get him out, and and even if there was, if they did strike a deal, he already just dis, uh, uh, disallowed the the trade that they they had in place to send him to Washington, which looked like a perfect fit for him in the sense that he could go somewhere and have a chance to win a World Series rather than being the part of a, a the first years of a rebuilding process that he won't be around to see the finish of. So. Uh, I would say it's a very safe bet that Brandon Phillips will be here unless he shocks the world and approves a trade to another team. But I don't know of any other team right now that would have been as good of a fit as Washington. So uh, along those lines, Jay Bruce in in a red uniform opening day? I still think no because that outfield market still has to shake itself out. I mean, there's, there's two ways of thinking about it is that they could trade him for whatever they can get once the market – establishes itself when some of the other guys go somewhere. Like Alex Gordon's already gone somewhere, but some other dudes have to make some moves like Para and, and Suspides and things like that. But um, the other idea is that they hold on to Bruce, let him start the season and reestablish his value and try to trade him closer to the deadline. When, of course, he still has uh, you know the option year after 2016, so that doesn't mean that a club could uh, pick up the option and have that extra year and not that much money, $13 million. So, um Either either option might work, but I still think they're gonna they're gonna try to trade him before spring training. All right, so this one this this one is not so much a binary uh, yes or no question or you know thumbs up thumbs down. It's a little more challenging from the old predictions standpoint. Uh, Devin Mazzarocco, how many how many games will he play in 2016? I'm gonna put him down for uh, 115 or so, at least behind the plate. Not, not counting the you know the pinch hitting appearances. I think they're you know he's been talking about how healthy he's been and he's been feeling pretty good, but there's no way of testing that until you see what he does in game situations and taking foul balls and the hip injury and <clears throat> repairing that. You know you just don't know if he's going to come back the same. I mean all signs are that he's doing very well, but I you know a couple of years ago before this season this past season he was aiming for 140 to 150 games, and that's before he got hurt. So I think you got to kind of go back to the drawing board somewhat and, and be a little more conservative and go with the uh, go with the 110 to 115. Tucker Barnhart proved himself as a as a very reliable backup. And he's a very good defensive catcher, and they also were pretty happy with um, I just can't remember his name. Uh, Ramon uh, Ramon Cabrera came up and uh, did a very nice job in the in the September call up. So I think uh, they have some protection for uh, Mezzarocco. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's go to a, a, again, sort of a broader question. But 
what about a breakthrough player, if you will, and, and you know, maybe a name that people, you know, we've talked so much about Votto and Bruce and Phillips and Chapman and, you know, the, the real public names are very obvious in Cincinnati. What about a name that doesn't get bandied about so much who might have a real breakout season? I think if he makes the team and if he gets an opportunity to come up, I, I think uh, the name Cody Reed could start resonating pretty quickly in, in uh, Cincinnati and perhaps the big leagues. He's uh, one of the left-handed uh, guys they got from uh, Kansas City in the Johnny Cueto trade. And a lot of people believe that he might have been the best of the three guys they got. And he's the one that hasn't seen major league time yet. He was uh, mostly in double A last season. Uh, and he's, you know, he's a left-handed guy with power pitcher uh, a lot of people have been pretty impressed with this stuff, and the the Reds are very impressed with him. That's why they made the trade for him. So I think if somehow, uh, either in spring training or in, you know later in the season, he could uh, break free from the uh, the minor league ranks and uh, and, and, and impress. And he's going to be in big league camp this year, so I'm excited to see him pitch. I totally random question for you. Uh, I love the stolen base. I, I know statistically, I, you know, sabermetrically, I don't know how relevant and High profile it is anymore, but I used to really get a kick out of the, the old school guys, uh, whether that be uh, you know Vince Coleman or Lou Brock or uh, Ricky Anderson. But can 80 stolen bases? Any chance for Billy Hamilton? Can, can we can we see that number again? It's been a long time. Uh, I'm going to say no to 80, but I, I think getting back to 60 is is certainly. I mean, you think he had 50 in the 50s uh, this past season, 57 maybe. Um, and the reason why is that he has to just work on getting on first base. And obviously you can't steal second until you reach first. And, and drawing walks has not been a strong suit. Using his speed to beat out ground balls has not been a strong suit. And he, this is a pivotal year for him. He's going to have to show that he's a major league hitter. And he's done it. He's a major league base stealer. He's a major league defensive player and center fielder. But he has not shown that he can be counted on to be a big leadoff hitter in the big leagues. Um, so he's gonna, he's got a lot to prove, and I could see the hook for him being a little quicker this year if if uh, if, if, if he comes out and has another bad year, and of course he's also coming back from the shoulder injury. But if he has another bad year, I could see them turn to look ahead to some other center fielders they might want to develop and um, move past Billy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, you've you've passed all the tests. Uh, today, Mark, we'll see. We're, keeping <laughs> accurate, we're keeping accurate track of these things, and, of course, we'll come back later and, and ask you about them. But, but great stuff, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dave. All right. Mark Sheldon, MLB.com Extras, the Cincinnati Reds edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. 